today, uh, for this place to be, to, to gather with your saints and to receive from you what you have for us. And God, today I pray that you would uh, just break up the fallow ground of our hearts, God, and implant your word deep inside of us. Now that you would cause it to grow. You know, that we would uh, receive your word uh, even as you've spoken it to us. God, uh, as being to us and for us. And God, we pray that you would cause it to, to grow inside of us. God, that we would uh, benefit from these things, not just this morning, but uh, for the rest of our lives. God, that these things would grow inside of us and do as only you can do. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. <clears throat> Alright. Every time I get a cold, I remember this time when I was 18 or so, and I got this really, really, really bad cold. And it sounded like, Wolfman Jack, this is about the best I can talk. <laughs> Cynthia and I were dating at the time, I'd call her. Like, hey, how you doing? <laughs> it, was, it was fine. Uh, go with me to Proverbs 10. Now, there's something kind of kind of fun about having your voice all messed up. I, I always get a little disappointed when it doesn't really go off filter. Like, aw. Of course, now that I uh, spend more time on the phone, it's probably a good thing. Might sound kind of threatening. Salesman calls you, hey, this is Greg, absolute painting. How are you doing? <laughs> Uh, good? Like, well, hey, uh, I was just going to come by your office later today, if that's all right. <clears throat> like, no, 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 stay away. Well, I'm going to wear my mask. I just, you know. <clears throat> okay, anyway, Proverbs 10, 17. <clears throat> He's in the way of life that keeps instruction. But he that refuses reproof erreth. And uh, that's pretty self-explanatory. Um, a few things I found interesting about this, though. And this word keeping, you know, keeps. That's a good word for it, but uh, observe might be uh, a little more, a little closer to the sense of what he's saying here. And uh, sometimes just... Having a different, a slightly different word can really make a, a difference in the the way that it uh, something impacts you. You know, he that is in the way of life observes instruction, heeds it. That's another good word for it. And this word instruction is quite interesting because it, it does mean instruction. It also means discipline. You know, and of course we know those are related. <coughs> Sorry. Um, this is actually the same word that it uses in Isaiah 53 when it says the chastisement of our peace was upon him. It's the same word, chastisement. So, heeding chastisement is a, an important thing. And we all have those moments in life, and, and now you're all looking at me like, what are you going to beat me now? Now, somebody told me that uh, uh, when I was... Uh, gone a few weeks ago. Uh, Ron was talking pretty seriously. He's like, man, I wish Greg was here. Ron's mean. So, 
So I'm going to be mean too. No. Um, no. Um, no. Uh, I, I like that it uses the word instruction because, um, you know, discipline, correction, instruction, they, they really are uh, all intertwined and, and they are all really important. Um, I was uh, I was talking to my kids about this a while back. I think, you know, there's a difference between constructive criticism and destructive criticism. You know, um, uh, and sometimes when we if we mess something up, we have a tendency to deconstructively criticize ourselves. And it's always nice to have somebody who can construct criticize you constructively. Um, I was telling Mike about something that I messed up like months ago in the office and I was fixing it now because I realized the error of my ways and I needed it to be different. And I was like, yeah, so I, you know, I had done it all this way and this way because I'm dumb. And, and, he, and he interrupted me. He's like, you mean because you've never done it before? Well, yeah, yeah, because I never did it before. Okay. Not dumb, just ignorant and inexperienced. There's a difference. Um, but so, you know, destructive criticism is, you know, like you messed up, you're stupid, you didn't, you didn't win. You know, those are all those those things that that will tear you down and, and make you feel like you're a failure. You know, and and uh, the great thing about destructive criticism is that you know it's not from God. You can always just toss it out like nothing because you know that God's not going to talk to you that way. You know, God's uh, criticisms are always constructive and. Uh, um, you know, it's like, wow, you almost did this right. Now here, here's where we can, or you did a good job, but here, let's let's fix this, and let's let's fix this. Um, this guy Dustin, we've got working for us, is very uh, hard on himself if he makes a mistake. You know, and uh, you know, but the the instruction that we give him, the the criticism is always constructive. It's like, no, well, you, you're doing fine. Let's here's how you can fix that. Here's how you can keep that from happening again, and that's the kind of thing that God does to us. And uh, you know, and so a lot of times those instructions come uh, quite a ways in advance of having to actually get into this chastisement place, this correction place, because um, you know, <clears throat> when uh, if if your kid is doing something that uh, they shouldn't be. You don't just launch out there with a, a whooping first thing, I hope. Um, but, you know, you're going to talk to them about it first. You know, and uh, that, that starts out with, uh, you know, it's like, it's like, no, no. And then move them somewhere else, you know. And then, of course, the first word they learn is no, no. And so you tell them things and they go, no, no. I'd like to say my kids have outgrown that. Zoe has not. Um, uh, I don't know. You know, they say, you probably all heard me say this before, but they say that girls are sugar and spice and everything nice. And I think in Zoe's case, that spice would be cinnamon and cayenne pepper. So this is like an Indian dish. It's like sweet but spicy. So she keeps my life interesting. I mean, you know, I, I was looking at pictures of myself when my kids were like when Jeremy was a baby or before we even had kids, I was like, man, I actually 
Everybody talked about me having gray hair back then. Like, I had dark hair back then. Man. So, kids will do that to you. It's no wonder, you know, it's like, I don't know, we always think of God as having this white hair sitting on the throne, on his white throne. <laughs> like, no, he's, um, but, uh, but no, instruction comes in the, you know, it's like, hey, let's do that a little different. And, uh. The great thing about instructions are, um, you know, say you, you bought something at the store that you need to put together, and uh, you should read the instructions first. Who, who actually does that? Women and Brandon, okay. So, <laughs> no, and, and, and that's a good idea. I, I usually thumb through them and think, well, this is going to be pain in the butt. Okay, fine. And then I and then I, I refer to the instructions uh, a lot. But uh, no, that's wise, Brandon. You see, I, that's a good thing to be lumped in with the ladies in this case. So, but uh, you know, instructions come at the outset of something. So a lot of times the uh, instructions aren't even a course correction so much as they are here's the here's the course like here's what we're going to do let's do it this way and so uh and we have that word from God that uh, that gives us that course for our life that way that we're going to go the things that we're going to do and uh when we get off course then there's more instruction and there's those the constructive criticism of well somebody um did something to one of my children that I was very unhappy with uh they felt like they had the right to do it and um they didn't and I was I was so so furious and I came as close to letting them have it as I could without like hitting them and uh and we were actually at a big like church gathering when this happened you know and I went to Ron, like, heaving, you know, like, so, let me just make sure I'm not totally off base here, and I explain what happened to him and stuff, and, and, uh, like, okay, he's like, well, so, um, no, no, you're right to be unhappy about that, um, you've, you've told them before, nicely, that you, you know, let's not do this, now you've told them again, not so nicely, um, so, you know, let's, let's, hopefully this will just, just keep moving in the right direction. I was like, yeah, it better, you know, and, uh, stalked away. And, um, a few days later, when I finally calmed down all the way, I was thinking back on that conversation and I was like, huh, he was kind of giving me some instructions there. A little bit of, you know, this gently pointing out. It's like, well, yeah, now not so nicely, you know. And, I mean, I was, I was really, really hot. And sometimes it's a good idea to just calm all the way down before you talk to somebody about something. But, uh, um, <coughs> so instructions, they're, they're a, a really good thing. And, uh, you know, and even... Uh, even when it comes into a place of chastisement, then I think that sense of heeding it is really a blessing. 
because you can um, you can have some unpleasant circumstance in your life that is a direct result of something that you've done. Uh, a consequence, you know, could be chastisement from the Lord. Maybe it's just consequences of your own actions. But in either case, heeding that lesson that it has to teach you is a really great thing. So he that's in the way of life keeps instruction, but he that refuses reproof errs. And so I like that reproof. That's a that's a great thing. Because that's exactly what God does, is he reproves us. Like, you know, he pulls out his old English and like Didst thou seriously just say sayest that? Ist? You know you're going to have an uncomfortable conversation with somebody when they started out talking to you in Old English. And there's somebody I had lots of uncomfortable conversations, or well, they were uncomfortable having the conversation with me. And so they would always start it out with Old English. And, and, uh, and or uh, a really bad British accent. And so it was always like, okay, so what's bothering you? Let's talk about this. Oh, okay, well, here's the thing. <laughs> Like just okay. Um, it's always nice to have something to protect yourself when you're going to have an uncomfortable conversation. But refusing reproof, and, and that's a great thing because reproof doesn't always come from somebody that you would, you know, like your teacher or your boss or your parents or whatever. You know, um, reproof to me talks is like this is something that comes from your peers as well. You know, and uh, um, and so sometimes you'll get those reproofs from people you don't want to hear it from, and uh, and God is so uh, wise in how He does that. And I, I I don't know. I think He has a He gets a certain amount of uh, humor out of it. It's like I'm going to have so and so tell tell the brother about this because I, I want to make sure he's paying attention that it's actually me talking to him, not somebody. And uh, and and I think we've all had those experiences. I've had those things where I was tootling along doing my own thing and had somebody reprove me, and I recognized right away that they were right, but I really didn't want to hear it from that person in particular at that particular moment. Um, and that's that's an uncomfortable thing to have happen to you. Uh, but to reprove, to refuse that reproof, then is is really not a good idea because the that reproof, you know, for one thing, is coming from the voice of God. But it's also, but it's from the Word of God. When you when somebody reproves you about something and you recognize that what they have to say lines up with the the Word of God, then then it is indeed uh, an error. To argue with them, so and uh, um, you know, arguing with 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 God never turns out well. Uh, <laughs> go with me to uh, Deuteronomy chapter. I'm gonna keep you in suspense. <coughs> Thirty. <coughs> Yeah, when somebody knows what they're talking about, and they have all kinds of reasons that you should 
hear what they have to say, it doesn't make much sense not to. And uh, so God is is brilliant in the way that he he trains us for stuff like that. Well, I this that uh, Brandon, our business coach. I I had so many conversations with him that you've all heard about that uh, I just want, wanted to reach through the phone and strangle him. And uh, it's like I don't want to do that. That sounds uncomfortable. That sounds really you noxious and even a little creepy but it's like I'm paying you so much money to tell me to do this stuff I kind of got to take a pass at it at least you know but I mean you couldn't argue with the success that he'd had with these things and that other people had had with these things and so it's like okay something about you know being your own boss is really interesting because um, most people you know like the American dream is, is not you know two cars and you know, fenced-in yard and 2.5 adorable children. It's kill your boss and do your own thing. And most people in construction trades like ours, that's when they go into business for themselves, that's kind of what they're doing. They're just leaving the boss behind. I'm the boss now. And, uh, you know, I never really thought of myself as quite having that attitude, but then when I come into this place where I have somebody else telling me what to do and I have to kind of have to listen, was very a very very difficult transition for me. It was like, but nobody tells me what to do. I tell me what to do. I tell other people what to do. It's like, check out the name tag. I'm the boss. So, you know, understanding that God is the boss, uh, no matter what you're doing in life, is uh, invaluable. So in Deuteronomy 29, he talks a great deal about. Um, you know, he paints a fairly um, negative picture of the uh, what happens to the people who have been on the mountain of cursing, and and the uh, uh, <clears throat> and and really he talks about this. I mean, basically lays out what's going to happen to Israel in the future, but he lays it out in this warning of this doesn't have to happen. You know, just don't don't do this stuff, and. Um, so he talks about them being uh, being driven uh, into all nations and stuff, and, which of course we know is, is what ended up happening to them. But here in 30, verse 1, he says, And it shall come to pass that when all these things are come upon thee, the blessing and the curse which I've set before thee, you shall call them to mind among all the nations whither the Lord thy God has driven thee, and shalt return to the Lord thy God, and shall obey his voice according to all that I command thee this day. Thou and thy children, with all thine heart, with all thy soul, then the Lord thy God will turn thy captivity and have compassion on thee and will return and gather thee from all the nations where the Lord thy God has scattered thee. And if any of thine be driven out to the outmost parts of heaven, from thence will the Lord gather thee and from thence will he fetch thee. And the Lord thy God will bring thee into the land which thy fathers possessed and thou shalt possess it and he will do thee good and multiply thee above thy fathers. And uh, I'm going to keep reading, but I just I have to point out he's talking about how this is after you've come to this place of pulling away the shoulder and turning a deaf ear to me and and not doing the things that I told you to do. 
repeatedly until we we moved past the instruction thing into the chastising thing. And he said, so having come to that place, when all that happens to you, and then you call them to mind and you return to me, then I'll return to you. And and we'll make and I can make all this stuff right. And and that's what he does. And I, I uh you know, honestly yesterday I was reading that scripture in Proverbs and I, I thought, Huh, why are we talking about this? And uh and yet I, I as I the more I prayed over it I just I found myself over here in Deuteronomy thinking about this, reading about how um, you know this is these are the people who have re, uh refused the reproof. These are the people who have erred by refusing to hear the stuff that God said. And and yet um, and he says and, and to that when you shall return and obey the voice according to all that I command thee, thou and thy children, with all thine heart, with all thy soul, then the Lord thy God will turn thy captivity and have compassion on thee. I mean, it doesn't get much better than that. Because I know I, for one, when when God starts talking about uh, instructions and corrections and so forth, I get a little squirmy, a little anxious. And, you know, the the fear of the, God, uh, fear of the Lord is the principal part of wisdom. And so we should fear God. We should be afraid to disobey Him. Um, and and he lays all this out here because he's like you don't want to get to this place, you you don't want to ever have ignored me so many times that this is where you end up. However, if you do, then this is I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure that you know that you can still turn around and come back. So, uh, in verse. Uh, Five, he says, The Lord thy God will bring thee into the land which thy fathers possessed, and shall possess it, and he will do thee good and multiply thee above thy fathers. And the Lord thy God will circumcise thine heart and the heart of thy seed to love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul that thou mayest live. So that's pretty cool. Because he's talking about, hey, you make a choice to return to me. And I will circumcise your heart. Not not you circumcise your heart. I will. And your children. To, to love the Lord your God. I mean, what, what, a, what a blessing is that, that he takes the things that would get in the way and simply get them out of the way. You know, and that's, that's the thing that we need in life is... Sometimes we just need the roadblock taken out of the way, you know, and that's what he does, and that's what's so great about this. He's like, you know, you here, you've you've dug yourself in a big hole, and um, my faithfulness has has brought you uh, to these circumstances, and now that you're here, you can turn to me with all your heart, and I'll fix all of this stuff. I mean, it just doesn't get any better than that. And the Lord thy God will circumcise thine heart and the heart of thy seed to love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul that thou mayest live. And the Lord thy God will put all these curses on thine enemies on them that hate thee, which persecuted thee. You shall return and obey the voice of the Lord and do all of his commandments that I command thee this day. And the Lord thy God will make thee plenteous in every work of thine hand 
and the fruit of thy body, and the fruit of thy cattle, the fruit of thy land, for good. For the Lord will again rejoice over thee for good as he rejoiced over your fathers. You know, have you ever been in a place in your life where it just felt like you were just stuck and it just feels like nothing's ever going to be right again and that you can't, you can't, you know where you'd like to be, you know what you'd like to have God do in your life, but they, there's just this complete blank spot between where you are right now and where you would like God to have you be, where you'd like to have God get you. And and that's what's so great about this is that he knows how to fill in the blanks. You know, he, he knows how to just take you by the hand and, and get you where you need to be. And and what it comes down to is that choice, the heeding the instruction, the uh, to, to really pay attention to what it is that God said, and to, to choose him with all of your heart, to really turn to him. So he says... Uh, and he says that the Lord will again, in verse 9, rejoice over thee for good. Has he rejoiced over your fathers? You know, that scripture in Zephaniah where he talks about uh, rejoicing over us with singing is one of my favorites of all time. I mean, you, you really think about God like that? That, you know, he's up in the morning getting his coffee and he's and he's like singing to himself because he's so glad that he's got you. I mean... I. I don't think anybody thinks like that normally. I think you have to train yourself to think that way. I think God has to help you train yourself to think that way. Because He really does. And, uh, um, you know, I, I think of that story that Ron tells about, like, being in the line at Sam's Club or whatever, and he's, like, singing to Katie like there's not another soul in the place. You know, and it's like, that's that's how God is, you know, and, and he really loves us like that. Even even when uh, we're in that place where we've messed everything up and, and we're not where we want to be, um, he's still happy that we're there. And when you return, you know, if you make somebody mad, you know, they may forgive you. Hopefully they should. Um but you, you know when you get that sense of they're somewhat aloof still, kind of like, well, I'm still kind of protecting my squishy heart here, so um, I'm, I'm going to play the wait and see game, make sure that you're not going to be a butthead again. You know, the the great thing is is that God doesn't do that. Right. You know, he, he when when you come back to Him, you don't feel like you're standing at arm's length, and. Uh, and so it's a it's a tremendous blessing, and um, you know, Art, I just don't think that any of us think that way, and uh, we all know it. You, you, you know, it's like you're all agreeing with me because you know it in your head. It's like, it's like you're you're well trained. You know that God is like this, but what about your heart? Do you believe that God is like this? When you d- does your heart say yes? God loves me like that, because it should. And if it doesn't, then he knows how to fix that. And that's what he said here in, in 6. He said, the Lord thy God will circumcise thine heart and the heart of thy seed to love the Lord thy God. And when you experience that love from him, it's kind of hard to just be cool about it, you know. Uh, you know, our our society 
places a great deal of importance on playing it cool, you know, and I think some of us are more, have more of a grip on our emotions than others, and, uh, you know, I was thinking about that on the way to church, and, uh, I was thinking I could be up here as excited as, like, just about to blow up during a song service or something, and I'm just up here, you know, but, I mean, like, inside, I'm just, like, you know, bouncing off the walls. So it's it's funny because like I just can't I can't hardly let that out you know what I mean and um, <clears throat> maybe it's just because I don't know what to do with my feet I don't know but uh, um, thank you Jordan um, but you know but you know God's love is really like that and uh, it's a precious thing because He says. You know, that, that he would rejoice over us for good as he rejoiced over our fathers. It says, if you will hearken to the voice of the Lord your God, to keep his commandments and his statutes which are written in this book of the law, and if you will turn to the Lord your God with all of your heart and all of your soul, for this commandment which I command you today, it's not hidden from thee, neither is it far off. It's not in heaven that you should say, who shall go up for us to heaven to bring it to us that we may hear it and do it? Neither is it beyond the sea that you should say, who shall go over the sea for us and bring it to us that we may hear it and do it? But the word is nigh thee, and in thy mouth and in thy heart that thou mayest do it. And you know, we, we've been talking a lot about learning the voice of God. And like last week, how we talked about you know tuning in the radio to, to catch that voice. Um... But what I like about this passage is, while that is true, we, we do and certainly encounter that in those, those day-to-day leadings of the Lord. What he's talking about here is, my expectation for your life is right here in black and white. You know, the things that I've said to you, it, I wrote it down for you because I knew you wouldn't remember it if I didn't. And so, here it is. This is what I said about you. This is what I said as far as what I would like for you to do what I'd like for you to not do. And it's not a bunch of terrible, difficult things. He said, my commandments aren't grievous. And uh, and, and he goes out of his way here in these uh, first five books to, to point out, he's like, this is for your good. This I'm not trying to ruin your party. I'm not trying to make life no fun. This this makes life fun for everybody. This is how you, and you will be glad that you live this way. So he says it's not like, well, well, I would, you know, I'd done what God wanted me to do, but, uh, you know, I didn't know because it's like, well, but he says it's right here. Like, you don't, it's, it's in your, it's in your mouth and it's in your heart. That's why I gave it to you to put it in your heart so that you would know my word. And then knowing that word uh, is also how we, we learn to separate out those voices because they all sound alike. Have you ever listened to somebody that could do really great impressions? You know, I mean, I was, gosh, Mike and I were driving, and we were listening to this guy, and he sounded like five or six guys in a row that you would have thought there were five or six guys on there with him. It was amazing. You know, and it's like all those voices in your head all sound the same. And, uh, you know, that's like, like what I said about the deconstructive criticism earlier. It's like, you can throw that one right out because the voice sounds the same, but you know it's not him. And so so he, he's given us this word in our heart to help us to sort through those things. And so, 
You know, when all else fails, just consult the book. You know, that's that's why Brandon looks through the instructions before he starts the project. I saw this thing once about putting things together, and it was like uh, the guy's reading the instructions. It's like, familiarize yourself with the following list of expletives and make sure you know how to use them. (laughs) I was like, "Uh uh-huh, yeah, totally. I spent many a Saturday afternoon as a child uh, watching my dad put something together for a long time. And there were plenty of expletives involved. Eventually, I would get bored and I would go somewhere else. I would come back hours later and he's still working on this thing that still doesn't really resemble any, what the thing on the box. And then I had kids and then it turned into me. But I married Cynthia, so Cynthia is really handy. And and uh, she has her own tools, in fact. <laughs> I'm teasing, I'm teasing. Nothing like, you know, I mean, you're, you know, we go to the store and they have like the the uh, pink toolbox with like camo on it and stuff. Yes. Like a little hammer. It's good stuff. You know. Anyway, so in 15 he says, see I have set before thee this day life and good and death and evil. Well, that's a fairly arresting statement. It's like, well, I'd like, well, so tell me more about that. You know, I uh, not so much for this death and evil thing. So he says, "In that I command thee this day to love the Lord thy God." You know, and I remember Ron talked about this once. You know, it's interesting that he would command you to love him. You know, because if he didn't, you would think that that would be presumptuous to love him or to want to love him. Well, but I, I told you I, I I want you to. I, in fact, I I command you to love me. You know, I mean that that's that's what I did when I met Cynthia. So, command you to love me. Yeah, it worked. <laughs> Eighteen years later, she's still keeping the commandment. But it says, in that I command thee this day to love the Lord thy God, to walk in his ways, and to keep his commandments and his statutes and his judgments, that you may live and multiply. And the Lord thy God shall bless thee in the land whither thou goest to possess it. But if your heart turn away, so that you will not hear, but you should be drawn away and worship other gods and serve them, I denounce to you this day that you shall surely perish, you shall not prolong your days on the land whither thou passest over the Jordan to possess it. I call heaven and earth to record against you this day that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore choose life, that both thou and thy seed may live. You know, I, I can't read that without thinking, uh, just hearing Moses with this you know, pleading kind of tone in his voice. It's like, you know, I can't stress this enough. It's like, please, please, please choose life. You know, you ever, you ever, uh, you know, sometimes it's like, again, I don't know. I'm always going back to these examples with my kids, but sometimes it's like you have to 
really spell it out. Like, no, please, please, please. Choose this one. It's like, this is what you want. Not this over here. It's like, this is the daddy's not happy thing. This is the daddy's happy thing. But, uh, you know, and, and he's not even saying, he's like, he doesn't say, therefore, uh, obey all these commandments and, and do all this stuff. I mean, he's, he's made that abundantly clear, but what he says here is, therefore, choose life. You know, so he's like, you know, your choice, your choice here is like you can choose life or you can choose death. You can choose good or you can choose evil. And whichever choice you make, it will be clear. But the great thing is, is he's he's made it so plain here. Like, should you choose evil? Should you walk this this dreadful, painful path? Because the Bible says the way of the transgressor is hard. That if if you're really really not going to listen, then I'll leave you to it. But should you decide that you want to come back? then you can come back. And and I know how to fix all the stuff. And, you know, we would like God to just bury us things. He doesn't really do that uh, so much. Uh, occasionally, some thing that you've been wrestling with for a long time will just sort of vanish. But uh, a lot of times he leaves those, he brings us back, but he leaves those consequences there. Um, to deal with, because not because he's mean, but because it's instruction. It's this constant reminder of. Uh, the, so the next time, the next time this thing sounds like a good idea. Oh yeah, maybe not, because last time I did this, it cost me dearly. So maybe not. So he says. I call heaven and earth to record against you this day that I've set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your seed may live, that you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey his voice and may cleave unto him, for he is thy life and the length of thy days, that thou mayest dwell in the land which the Lord swear unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give them. I have the whole verse underlined in here. I underlined that phrase for he is thy life about three times. You know, because it seems to me that uh, that's a really important statement just sort of hidden in this bigger important statement. That, that, that he is thy life in length of days. And so, so he said, so I just, I'm going to read that again. That you may love the Lord your God, and that you may obey his voice. That you mayest cleave unto him, for he is thy life. You know, if uh, if you're in a river getting swept down the stream and you get a hold of a big rock sticking up out of the water, you're going to cleave to it because it is like your life right now. It's like I let go of the rock, I'm probably going to die somewhere down the river. Uh, and, and that's what he's talking about here. He's like cleaving to him because he is your life. And uh, uh, and I think he's really wise to let us go through some of those places where we made a mess of things, and and we learn from it because then we're more apt to cleave to him. Because I don't know why, but 
uh, as we grow up, we have this tendency to feel like we're uh, invincible. There's something about being like a teenager, early 20s, maybe even late 20s, that you feel like you're just invincible and you're going to live forever and you can do no wrong and everything is going to come up roses and cupcakes. And, you know, life teaches you not so much. And, uh, uh, <clears throat> you know, it's funny because... Uh, when I was growing up, like my parents didn't really teach me to take care of yourself, um, and so I don't. I, I'm still learning to take care of myself, and uh, now that I'm nearly forty, and uh, but it's catching up to me now that I'm nearly forty, and so it's like, wow, I wish I would have taken care of that a long time ago when it first happened, you know. But but it's precious because he talks about this being your life and your length of days. And dwelling in that land. You know, God knows how to, um, you know, to train us through these things, you know, because, you know, when you're growing up, we, you always hear, you know, the wisdom of your elders and everything and, and that they have a lot to offer you. And yet, you know, it's one of those things like in your head, it's like, yes, I understand that. They have life experience, blah, 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 blah. But in, in your heart, it's more like, well, yeah, but things are different now. And, you know, my, my life is different than that. And so that doesn't really apply to me. And uh, and then <clears throat> through experience, you find out, wow, that really does apply to me. How about that? And uh, uh, But it's those kind of things in our life that, that really help us to learn to cleave to him because he is our life. And so... So it's a blessing how God does that. You know, he, he he takes care of us in a in a really precious way. You know, he he gives us all the instructions and all the reasons in the world to do what it is he'd have us to do, to to obey his voice. And and gives you plenty of reason to you know, to understand this is what's going to happen if you don't, you know, and, and it's not mean this is just this is what's going to happen and when it does when 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 this instruction has come full circle for you in your life and you're ready to come back to me with all of your heart then i'm going to be there with arms open wide i'm not going to be there with the door shut i'm not going to peek out and see that it's you and be like oh never mind i'm going to open the door and i'm going to bring you in and and i can fix the things that have happened in your life, because I know how to do that. Jesus, we thank you for your word to us, for your faithfulness and love, God, you're good to us, and I just pray that in each one of us you would put that uh, that love for you that you talked about, that circumcising our heart to love you, and God, bring it to pass in us, God, that we would all have that uh, uh, motion in our life to choose life. God, not to, to not choose death, to not choose evil, but to choose the life and to choose the good and, and to listen to the things that you have to say and to obey them. And we pray it in your righteous name. God, in this place today, meet every need and do as only you can do. Lord God, what we need is, is for you to lead us in this place, for you to do what you want to do, to say what you want to say, and we want to receive it most humbly. God, we pray it in the righteous name of Jesus. Amen, amen.